Hey guys, this is Dr. McFarland, and in the Community of Confident Musicians podcast, today we have Aaron Short. He is a musician from New York and fellow YouTuber, and uh, so we're going to get right into the interview. Hey Aaron, what's going on? Hi, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, so this whole uh, internet thing is pretty exciting because uh, we're able to, you know, do our thing on YouTube and also communicate with other musicians all over the world and kind of learn from each other. So that's kind of the point of what I want to talk about today in the podcast is kind of your story, how you got started, your musical journey, and, you know, we can talk about gear and other stuff as well. But uh, just kind of give us a rundown on a little bio about you and what you do there in New York. Okay, well, as you can tell from my accent, I'm from England originally, but I've been in New York for 10 years now. So I was born in, in England, in the south southeast of England, in the countryside. I played piano when I was seven. I switched to guitar around 13. Um, I went to college and uni, we call it in England. I studied music for many years and did bands and did the singer-songwriter thing. And I did all this while the internet was starting to emerge. So yeah, that's how old I am. Right. I, re I remember. <laughs> in my hometown when no one had internet and i remember when it used to come through the phone and it used to knock the phone you know when it, when the phone rang it would boot you off the computer with aol remember that you had to pay it for oh, yeah. all that money to be on there dollar i remember a guy coming to our town and installing a single wi-fi tower to get wi-fi it was crazy that's that's how it was and i remember setting up a website back then and i remember the local paper coming over and interviewing me and I remember saying to him, yeah, I've got a website and I get, you know, three emails a month from my website. <laughs> <laughs> or it might right. be less. It might be three emails a year. And it was impressive back then. So I was kind of on the cutting edge, you know, in the beginning. I was like, I was up there. I was, I was, I was working it. I was on MySpace and doing all that stuff before anyone else was even on the internet. And is this wow. website still up and running, or is it you kind wow. of morphed into something different now? Well, it's it's still AaronShort.com, and um, okay, great. Obviously, it, obviously it's, it looks better. It's using WordPress now, and not you know whatever came on the computer twenty five years or however long ago. You know, it was a very 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 basic website back then. But that that's how that's how the internet came along and changed everything. And now I think about what we're doing here, making this podcast and making YouTube videos in HD and four K. It's crazy, right? What's happened with technology? You don't even realize you look behind you and you've come this far. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. I'm looking at the website right now and it looks really good. Well, I'm not a web designer, but I just use WordPress and, you know, I, I mainly, I, I don't really use it. I use YouTube for everything. I mainly use that, have my gig schedule on there mm -hmm. and just to have people reach out to me. I don't really use it. I almost feel now like YouTube is my website. Interesting. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's where most people go to learn stuff, find out about different people, different bands, different music, how to change the carburetor on a car. I mean, whatever. <laughs> definitely, definitely people use it for that. And also some people watch, um, you know, almost like watching TV. But I'm also now doing, I just got into live streaming and now I'm doing that all the time. So it's almost like rather than go to my website to read about me and email me, you can just come into my live stream and ask me a question, any question right on in real time. That's even more crazy to me. This is the new wave now. Oh yeah. So what, what do you like about live streaming versus, you know, setting up cameras and, and 
editing a video, like pre, like a pre-done video? Like, what do you like about the live stream versus video format? Well, it's been a bit of an evolution for me because I started using my my phone and I started having like a backdrop in my room. You can see these on my YouTube channel, Aaron Shaw Music. I did like songs. I recorded audio, matched it to the, to the video, and it took me a long time. Then I decided I wanted to make videos faster. So I just put a camera above my computer and it doesn't look as professional, but it's easy. I sit down, I load up um, the audio, I load up the camera. The camera goes straight into the computer. Uh, I mix it together and I put it onto YouTube. So for me, the simplicity is important because I'm, I don't like setting up lots of gear to make one video. It's right. kind of a hassle. I think lots of people feel that way. Now, what I've done with the live streaming is kind of one step further because I don't have to edit. I can go live, give a presentation, trim off the beginning and the end, and just leave it up. And the great thing about that is there might be some stuff in there that I wish I could edit out, but you can kind of edit the video through the site, through YouTube when you've done it, but mm -hmm. you also get that live interactive feel. So as long as you don't have too many gaps and, and, and any problems, you get a live, like almost like a live demonstration of a product with live feedback from the viewer. And for me, that's even more exciting. I love that. That's really cool. Now, what are you using to do your live streams? Is there a certain software that you like to use? Yeah, like I said, this is all quite new to me, but a friend of mine showed me OBS, which is free. I'm not against paying for software, but obviously free is great, and that software works very well. So I've got OBS and, and a bunch of plugins too. I've got um, the, the Skype plugin now, so I can bring people in on video, which is very cool. That's you cool. just got to be careful not to overload it because I'm broadcasting at 1080p. Even though I have a good connection, I tried to add more cameras and it started to slow down. So you have to really, yeah, you, you need a super fast connection if you can have three 4K cameras on the screen at once. Yeah, before we had, I think, 50 megs per second, uh, like download speeds and probably even slower upload, which I think the upload is more important when you're doing live streaming. Yeah. Uh, but now we, we have, have like 500 yeah, megs per second because we've upgraded through, uh, I think we have AT&T U-verse or something. And uh, the, I can I can edit a video and upload to YouTube in like just a matter of minutes, which before it used to take like almost an hour just to upload a regular video. So I may have to do the live stream testing once again now that I have a faster connection. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a fun way to interact with your audience like you said in real time i'm kind of looking at the uh the website here and so tell me more about you what you do live because you got a lot of new york you know like tommy bahama and scallywags and stuff like that so what's your typical setup your load in you know how many people do you play for at a time usually just kind of give us a, a feel for what that looks like Okay, so I'm very, I'm very fortunate in a way because when I was younger, I learned to play acoustic guitar and I learned to sing because no one in my band wanted to sing. So I then started doing solo shows, acoustic guitar and voice, yeah, purely straight into the PA, no, no pedals or loops or anything. Looping wasn't even really a thing back then. So I did that and I've always done that. So the great thing is if I don't have any band work, which lately I, you know, it's been harder for me to find, I can always go out just by myself and play and now i am adding pedals like i recently I've got, for years i've used the tc helicon play acoustic an mm -hmm. amazing amazing pedal and i just added the i just upgraded to the voice live 3 extreme and i absolutely love it it's just so powerful so versatile 
And with that, directly into a PA speaker, like a QSC K8, I've got a K8.2, that will do any gig. They'll do a coffee shop up to a wedding. It's right. absolutely amazing. So that rig is phenomenal. And I, I love I loved how self-contained I am. And I can go and play anywhere very easily with that rig. Yeah, because that QSC is a fairly light speaker, right? I mean, it's not yeah, like super 30, heavy. I mean, it's 32 pounds. I wouldn't want to... Well, maybe 28, but I, I, I wouldn't want to carry that too far. When I first came to New York, I bought a, um, an AER speaker. It was the, the Compact XL. So it was like 22 pounds, and it wasn't fun to carry that around. Um, yeah, for, a lot, for a lot of people keep asking me these questions, which speaker should I buy? Because on my, on my site, on my YouTube, I review speakers too, uh, amps and things. And I'm always like, well, you can get one that's 15 pounds, but it might not do every gig. You have to make sure the gig you're going to is suitable for that speaker and use it optimally. Right. What I love about the QSC stuff is one of those guys is rated at, well, I mean, it's rated at 2000 watts, but the point is one of those speakers will do anything, you know, very, very, very unlikely to ever need more than that, you know? So that it's, it's an amazing rig. And I really recommend that to, to everybody, a, a compact solution that's versatile and can play anywhere. is really, I think that's an important thing to have before you start adding other stuff on like subwoofers and more speakers and things. Oh yeah. This, that, that makes sense. Uh, I was just I'm trying to imagine, you know, I've never been to New York. I wish I should, I should visit sometime here, but, um, I could see you with like a little dolly carrying a speaker behind you and a backpack with like a little, some pedals and your guitar yeah. gig bag. And you know, how's that, how's that work with, uh, moving around, I, I never and... liked that. I never liked the dolly thing because when you get the subway, you can't get down the steps for you. Know, you have to pick it up anyway in the dolly. Uh, so, yeah. so I I actually sold that one and I bought the AR60, which is like seventeen pounds, and I just carried that around. And then once I started driving and once I started relying on cabs, you know, way too much, I would take my own speaker. And if a venue wants to get a speaker, I try and convince them to get the the, the same speaker that I use. Mm. so that so it's consistent you know and some venues have pa anyway like in down in nashville but uh it's yeah i mean you can if you're going to carry stuff it's probably better to get one of the lighter speakers and just deal with the you know any limited range that it has you know because you don't want to you don't want to damage your back just carrying stuff around the city that's that's for sure and it, it can be stressful as well when you're in a crowded subway car and everyone's like, you know, knock it into you. You've got a mic stand. I did something very cool. I got one of those soft mic, mic stand bags that they make, like a case. And yeah. I put a strap on it so I could actually wear the mic stand on my back. So I got the guitar and oh, a gig wow. bag. I got the strap on my back. I used to have a three-quarter size guitar. It was even easier. Now I've got a full-size guitar in a Meridian. They just went out of business. Amazing case. Very expensive, but like a big soft bag with huge pocket, huge pockets on it. So I've got loads of stuff in there. I've got the mic stand on my shoulder. I deliberately look for a light stand, not too flimsy, so I can wear it. You know, some mic stands are heavy, right? I don't want that on my shoulder. So I deliberately looked for a light stand at Guitar Center and Amazon, and I found like a PV one that was sturdy enough that it wouldn't break, but uh, light enough to wear on my shoulder. And I had the speaker in my other hand, and I had a free hand then for my phone or for the, for the, for the, the door, you know? Right. So I, I found a great rig that worked for me and the places that I played at. But now I've got the car. It's nice to be able to take more stuff if I want to. But I still like to be compact. I don't like setting up loads of gear, you know, for a, oh, for yeah. a gig. You know, it's not fun. It well, takes a lot of time. That's been my goal over the years is 
if I can go smaller, louder, but the same volume, if not louder, then I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah, because if I do a band gig, I did a band, I did this wedding in September, just gone, and um, I remember it took me like an hour to pack away. But with my regular, it was a band, but and I did all the PA. But with my solo show, I can be packed away in five minutes. It's absolutely that's all. That's a big difference, you know. That adds to the the job, doesn't it? That is Very- really cool. Now with the TC Helicon. I'm assuming that is a, uh, you can do harmonies with it. You can like do like mm. reverb effects. I mean, you can. How, really do, how does that, how does that play into your, your setup and how do you use it live? Well, like I said, when I began, I was a purist. I was guitar straight into PA, mic straight into PA. I then, I did use some tracks occasionally, but I was never into like guitar effects and things on the acoustic. But once I found the TC stuff, I was blown away. And I still, I still think it's the best out there. I oh, can't yeah. believe that no one else is doing I mean, this pedal is like five, six years old. And they say they're working on a new one, but since they got bought by Behringer, they've been a bit, a bit slower with stuff. Right. But this, this you know, as, a, as someone that plays guitar and sings, there's not many companies that do what TC do. Boss, Boss have a pedal. Um, Digitech have a pedal. But they're nothing compared to the... T- I mean, the Voice Live 3, is just, it's completely knocked me out. I mean... It, 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 you can even record the show. You can record the gig straight up to memory card. What? And then sync up to a video when you get home, listen back to the gig. You can play back in tracks that are stored on that card or in, internally. You've got a tuner. You've got vocal effects, guitar effects, presets. Um, you can even have it automate. You can, you, you can set it up so as the track plays, it switches the guitar effects on and off. I mean, I don't do that because it's very, you know, it's starting to get very complicated. Yeah, but you have to program that ahead of time, right? Of course, yeah, but it's so powerful, and and it's even got a looper which has, um, you know, like three three separate tracks, and I mean, something like something like the you look at something like the the um, the new pedals like the Helix, and it looks so powerful by looking at it, you know, such great quality. But right. the looper is so basic, and you're thinking to yourself, well, well, I think to myself, why does the TC Helicon Voice Live Three have such a great looper with long loop time and three tracks? And then the newer pedals, like the Helix, has just a basic, you know, thirty-second looper. I just, I just don't, I don't get it. It's a real, it's a real, um, it's a complaint of mine because the TC Helicon pedal is very, very basic, and you know, I get, I guess it's not doing the processing power of the effects and the amps. And to be fair, the amps are pretty terrible in the pedal, but for acoustic stuff, it's amazing. Right. Well, that's cool. Um, so you're actually plugging your guitar into that pedal as well. So the guitar goes in, the mic goes in, a single cable goes to the PA speaker. It adds reverb. It's got a tuner. It's got a solo boost. Yeah. The, vo- the vocal has you know EQ correction. The guitar has a full EQ section. Um, I use a bit. I use delay on voice and guitar tap tempo. I use the harmonies. They really fill out the chorus. It even has a click track. You know, if you want to wear in ears, you can have in ears in. And you can hear the click, or you can put the click through the front of the house, and the click can be a bass drum. So I use that as a bass drum sound. Oh, well, yeah. It's just, I could talk about this thing for like hours. It does so much stuff. It's really <laughs> impressive. It's, 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 my pro- it's, it's funny. It's probably my favorite piece of gear ever because of what I do. And you know, I haven't really covered it on my channel yet. <laughs> That's right. quite ironic. I need to talk about it more. You should it really do like a whole great. series just on, on that, that pedal, pedal. Uh, yeah i yeah. agree i agree now is the yeah. harmonies for the vocal is that is that going based off of your guitar chords or how does that work yeah another, another amazing thing so it, you 
you have to play in tune and clean, but you play a G major, say open G major, very clean and in tune, and then you sing a G and it adds a third above. Wow. Um, intelligently. Now, you got, like I said, you've got to play clean and you've got to sing on key and not, you know, obviously if you have vibrato, it will match that. It's, 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 it's still in, incredibly impressive, though, what it's doing. If you, you, know, if you sang a F, which would be a flat seven in the key of G, would yeah. it would it know intelligently to no, play no, like a mixolydian style chord or you, something or you yeah, it's funny you can on the, on the voice live three over the smaller pedals they make the, the stripped down versions you can actually strum a chord while you're playing hold down a button the harmony button and then that will set the, the key of that song to always be g so then you haven't got to tell it you know, you could solo and it'll still be in G major. Yeah, yeah. But it's not cool. clever enough to know all that other stuff. It, it, it'd be impossible. It'd be very hard, wouldn't it? Oh, sure. Yeah. It, it's it's just so impressive already <clears throat> for what it is. It's really mate. I mean, it's it just blow. It just makes me happy every time I use it, and it's so useful for someone like me. I've even used it in a band. You know, if you've got like uh like you've got the head rush, right? Right. If you get the the um the play acoustic or something, and then have the guitar into that, and then that just for your vocal. And you can add harmonies in a band. So if you got, you know, sometimes you get a three-piece band, and I'm the I'm the only singer, and it's it's annoying because you're thinking, well, it's a three-piece band and there's only one voice. But with that pedal, you can just add your own harmonies. It's it's if no if if there's any singers that haven't tried that pedal, they have to try it. It's amazing. So what's some other gear that you use? Uh, like what, what's your typical guitar brand that you kind of like to use most of the time? Well, from you know, from doing the YouTube channel, it, it continually changes. But I did fall in in love with Martin guitars for a long time, just because of the history. But then I tried to get into the whole, you know, how do I amplify that guitar? Mm -hmm. And that was a whole new rabbit hole. So that took me down a whole rabbit hole with that. I made videos about guitar pickups on my channel, and uh, now now I still love them. But when I play live, I use other things that are more designed for the stage. Right. I just reviewed the Acoustasonic for Fender. Something like that is an amazing guitar for the for the Voice Live Three, you know, because it's got different sounds and it doesn't feedback. Um, yeah, and I saw uh, Mary Spender recently got one of those as well. Yeah, she did. A lot of people, a lot of the big YouTubers did. Um, but what I mean, I I personally feel there's not been many people though that actually are showing off how how I would. I mean, I haven't done it yet either, to be fair, but. I'd rather see people using it on stage with all the different sounds to loop. I think that's really what it's for. Right. Some people don't get it. Some people, some people even comment that that guitar is not very loud. I mean, it's not meant to be like, like unplugged. It's not meant to be played unplugged. It's meant to be played plugged in. So right. um, I really think that's a that's a guitar for loopers and and for live gigs. Well, with know? me in the studio here. It's, I mainly have a digital studio. I have electronic drums. I use the Headrush for all my guitar and bass stuff. You know, a uh, Key Lab from Arturia, just, you know, keyboard controller. And I could mm. see using the Acoustasonic in the studio, like just plug it in directly to a mic preamp. And now I have a great acoustic sound without having to mic anything up. Well, no, that's okay. I'll just, I'll just tell you about that guitar. So this is something else I want to cover, like impulse responses. Uh -huh. the, the impulse responses on that guitar are not like 100% like wet, so it's not going to sound like a mic'd acoustic in the studio. Sure. It's kind of, and it doesn't sound like a piezo, like straight into the PA. It sounds like something in the middle. 
which is great again for stage because it still cuts through. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, I'm, I'm I am still quite a pure. As much as I love technology, I am a purist, and I personally say to people, well, I wouldn't do that. I would just throw a mic in front of a decent acoustic and record that. It's going to sound right. great. I don't know. I, I feel like like when I hear the Helix recorded, I'm always like, oh, it sounds great. Whenever I play it in the room, I never I never like it. I want to have an amp in the room. And it's the same with the acoustic. You know, when I plug in one of these stage guitars, like the Cole Clark or the Maiden or something like that, or the Acoustasonic, that works so well in that context. But if I was ever recording an acoustic song at home, I would always just throw a mic in front of the guitar. Right. I think we I think we're getting there. Have you have you tried the Tone Dexter? No, not yet. So I want to get that's uh, James May. I want to get him on my show to do a live demo of that. It's really cool and it sounds like a microphone. But I had the same issue with that at times. It was too much like a microphone, so it wasn't cutting enough. You see what I mean? It's like I feel like everything still has its own application. Although I do think that we're getting closer all the time. Every new revision that comes out, we get yeah. closer. But I still like to throw a mic in front of a guitar and have an amp in the room and and then use that software stuff for recording demos and stuff, you know. Well, I was just wondering if you heard it in a mix, like, would you really tell the difference? Well, you'll see. I'm actually, I'm halfway through a video, which is like famous songs played on the Acoustasonic. So I've got, you know, I'm I'm, I'm doing like Name That Tune. So I've got, um, I've got like a, a Hendrix song with a distortion I've got a, a shadow song with a clean strat sound. But, you know, the other thing I've got to say is that will never be like an actual strat because it's got acoustic strings on it. Mm-hmm. It will right. never be like an acoustic guitar because it's got 11s on it. You know, it won't be like a Martin with 12s on it and a microphone. It just won't. Right. So I think you've got to keep your expectations with all this gear in check, or I think you can be disappointed. Oh, but yeah. for, for demos and, 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 a, and a, you know, a, a last resort, yeah, definitely. It sounds great. Um, but for uh, going going back to your your club slash bar gigs or coffee shop gigs, then oh, perfect. it'd that's be what great. It's, yeah, I, I say that's what it's made for. It's made for carrying one guitar, playing acoustic with no feedback, and then throwing some electric stuff on for variation. That's that's what it's made for. It's, it won't sound like a Martin and um, and a straight you know, it's very hard for these hybrids to do everything well isn't it right oh I, yeah i don't it's the day they do that but i i don't know i don't know if you can ever, if they'll ever make something because it, it won't feel like a strat it won't feel like an acoustic with a big body because it's not so i tell people that that watch the review of that on my channel you know take it for what it is and and make it work for you don't expect it to be something that is not and don't complain about things that it's not like don't say it's not loud unplugged when it's basically an electric guitar isn't it right but keep your expectations <laughs> in check with this with any, i think with anything digital it's, it's easy to get disappointed you know you got you got it's a bit like the whole amp in the room thing i was just talking about when when people buy a head rush and they say oh it doesn't sound like my amp well it does it won't will it because it's not no. it's not an amp it's a it's a recording of an amp exactly. so you've, always, you've always got to keep things in check or it, you get disappointed. It's an amp with a microphone in front of it coming out yeah. of a like a, either a studio speaker or an FRFR exactly. speaker of some sort. Exactly. It's just different, isn't it? It's a, it's a different thing. And the Acoustasonic is a different thing. So you have to go in with that mindset. But it is very impressive. And they, you know, they did a ton of R&D on that. And some people are complaining about the price as well. And I have to say, well, it's Fender, Fishman. They did a lot of R&D. It's, it's yeah. well made. You know, I don't know. That's that's a debate I'm trying to get away from because I don't like arguing with people on YouTube about how much stuff costs. I mean, that's 
That's well, I look at it like you have five different guitars. Yeah. In one guitar. So yeah, for two thousand bucks, you're getting each guitar for like what four hundred bucks or five hundred something like that, and yeah, it's a good way to look at it. You know, and you also have you also have cutting edge technology. I mean, when you know when when the first iPhone came out, it was much more expensive than they are now. So right, you're paying for that as well. I think people have people have to remember that. And then there's there's, there's so many things like that now, like um. That comes with a gig, a really nice gig bag, and people say, "Oh, it comes with a gig bag," and I say, "Yeah, but it's for gigs." Yeah. So don't you want a gig bag? You want to wear it on your on your back like a like a backpack and walk around New York and have something super light and flexible, you know? Yeah. If it came with a hard shell case, you'd have to then go out and buy a gig bag, wouldn't you? I don't know. I think the gear. I think the technology is changing and the gear is changing. But it's funny how musicians are still can be well can be purists, isn't it? The right. minute Fender brought that out, all the Fender fans were like, what are they doing? They've lost the plot. Oh, no. Yeah, but it's just yeah. one guitar out of thousands that they come out with. So And you don't have don't to buy it. it. You don't have to buy <laughs> it. But now, ironically enough, now, a year later, people are buying it. People like it now. Right. Now, now people are like, oh, your guitar looks so cool. I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> well, let's go back to your, uh, your shows page here on the website. So I'm basically seeing you're playing every... Saturday, Tuesday, and Friday. Is that about right? So actually, you know, I, I wanted to make this point. I'm a bit disappointed with myself because I was the first one on the internet in my hometown, mm-hmm. but I was kind of late to YouTube. I, I made a YouTube account in 2008. It's now 2020. And I had a few videos and a few subscribers, but now I'm really pushing YouTube as well as everyone else. And I wish I'd been pushing it sooner because I felt I feel like if I pushed it back in 2010, by now I could have a really big uh, platform. So although I was kind of first on the internet, I, I feel like I'm last to YouTube, one of the last ones to YouTube now. So yeah. I don't like, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining or regretting anything, but it's, uh, it's important to stay ahead of the curve, isn't it? It's important to stay yeah. at the front all the time. And I wish I'd, I do wish in hindsight that I'd been a bit more forward thinking back then the gigs were everything. It was getting gigs, 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 playing, getting the money in hand, you know? And now of course, some of the big YouTubers now are sitting at home in their mansions making videos and not leaving the house. So that is a, that is a wonderful thing as well. Yeah. I kind of have seen that change over the years myself, you know, these big time touring musicians, maybe hired guns or whatever. Like, yeah, they just make a YouTube channel and now they're showing everything that they've had experience with on the road and on stage. You know, I think that's why Rick Beato is such a great, resource because he's produced all these bands and he has all this music theory knowledge that he can just share right and that's why i'm not complaining because i have been a teacher at a music school i have done loads of show like thousands 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 of gigs so i have that knowledge now to give on my channel and without that knowledge i don't think i'd be so good on my channel as right. i am so that's important but my point really is that the internet did kind of kill music and it killed cds and everything and now it's kind of interfering with you know touring and it's 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 really becoming the new normal i mean i watch youtube all, all day long I, I i got youtube red and i watch it all day long i watch your channel i watch henning and tone king and i go to the live streams and the giveaways and it's right. almost all i use now it's completely taken over the internet now for me is almost facebook and and youtube you know it's crazy yeah i feel like my uh, my kids have disney plus yeah. I have YouTube and my wife has uh she'll she'll get on uh Amazon and look up like um 
Amazon, yeah. Really, really cheesy like Hallmark type movies. <laughs> yeah. We all have our we all have our area we go to for entertainment. You know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. They've, they've done a great they've done a great job with that. And like I said, is this is a really interesting conversation because I'm I'm now thinking back and how things how how fast did things change? I mean, I remember when CD Baby came out, you know, and it was oh, this yeah. huge thing. And now, like, I mean, now we just pay a subscription get all the music we can we can have it's it's crazy we got all this video all these free lessons right. and so yeah i'm glad i have the knowledge that i have to present on my channel now but uh yeah th those guys that started early were very were very smart i have to say well let's kind of talk about that for a second so the whole the whole goal of you know my website and, and the channel and really this podcast is being is really the concept of being a confident musician and what that really looks like. And, and there's even different levels of that. I mean, you have the musician that just knows enough to write songs or yeah. maybe sits on the back porch in Kentucky somewhere and plays for the frogs at night. I don't know, whatever, you know, but he has confidence enough to do that. But then you have the next level of musician that has the confidence to continually. And that's why I'm looking at your website and looking at all these shows that you play because it's like if you're playing every Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, every single week, if you're mm. not confident in doing that at first, oh, okay. I mean, after like the after a month or two, I mean, you're like you're a professional at that point because you you got the routine, you got the the feel of how everything's supposed to be set up, and so just kind of talk about that from your point of view of you know, where you've kind of came from maybe how your feelings were when you first started out about like, can I really do this? Am I really good enough? And then kind of walk us through that mindset that you have there. Well, actually, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about that, which will actually tie in with what we were just talking about with the YouTube thing. It'll kind of bridge the two together. Good. So, so when I was younger, I just started playing in local pubs when I was really young in my teenage years and any gigs I could get anywhere. I'd just play, I'd busk, I'd drive and any festival to have me. I would just do anything. And I wasn't very good, but I was kind of learning on the job. That's how I feel about it. Right. Then I went to music school. I got down to London. In London, there's loads of pubs and bars. So I started gigging. And I, I ended up gigging every night. I was gigging every night. It was crazy. Now, the gigs there were not as long as in New York. They were like two 45-minute slots with a break, a 30-minute break in between. That's pretty good. I, that was good. Well, it was good. That was great. And I was playing like every night for a while. I moved to New York and some people helped me out and I got gigs again. The gigs here are more like three hours with a 15 minute break. Wow. But there was a time here I was playing every night. There was a time here I was playing twice a day, every night for years, years and years and years. And yes, I was confident. I loved it. I never got bored of it. I loved performing. I got, I got good at playing those songs. But that's, that's, that's the whole point. I got good at playing those songs. You give me something else to play, and I, and I feel like a beginner because, <laughs> because I think this is what happens to a lot of people on the bar scene. And no, no disrespect, of course, is my opinion. But from my experience and with me, might be laziness as well. But if you play a three hour or two three hour gigs, six hours, mm -hmm. and you go home, you wake up the next day, your voice is shot, you're trying to rest your voice, get ready for the next gig. The last thing you want to do is start playing the guitar and singing and writing the song. You do not want to do that. So then you guys that night play again and you get in this loop of all this money coming in 
but you don't want to do anything else. You don't want to, it's not that you don't, it's not that, not that you hate music. It's just that you're tired and your voice is tired and your hands are tired and, you know, you've got to restring your guitar. And then you start, I personally went down the whole thing of buying gear to kind of keep myself interested. Now, I started the YouTube channel thinking that things may change and they kind of did. And maybe it's a self fulfilling prophecy for me because I suddenly lost a few of my gigs. Oh wow! And not for any not for any reason of my own, as far as I know. But I just lost them. The bars closed. They stopped having music. Whatever. Right. So then YouTube took over. Now I'm not going to say I'm making a living from YouTube. You know, as you know, it's very hard. It's a it's a very small supplemental income right now. But I really enjoyed moving. You know, doing more on YouTube. I felt like I was creating again because in you know in England I was writing songs, recording out an album. Here I just worked, did those shows, and did those shows. So I actually practiced and I learned some different songs and I spoke about things and I did some covers, I did some videos. I felt like I was actually in a better place even though I was working less. And this is the problem. This is a problem for musicians. Mm -hmm. You can tour and play three times a night and do the same old songs or you can write songs but maybe not make any money. Right. So finding that middle ground is incredibly important and I couldn't do it. I, I just didn't want to give up what I had. So once I was forced to, I then went to youtube i was very much i was much more satisfied as a musician so that's great and 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 right now i'm doing even more on youtube i'm going live every day right now i'm interviewing people which is obviously networking yeah and 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 it's it's the opposite i mean i spent all morning like we're working on this this cover together and this morning i was like recording vocals for three hours i would never have done that if i was singing seven nights a week i'm not going to sit and record vocals for three hours and then do a podcast with you i wouldn't be able to speak you know not right. not that i ever had real problems with my voice but you just don't feel like it your you voice feel... yeah, your voice sounds great by the way thank you but you know when you <laughs> no, but, but i haven't i haven't been i haven't been out gigging recently so your voice right. recovers yesterday i did an hour live stream people were asking me questions and when i finished my voice was shot oh yeah because because of the mental energy you're, you're using and the talking like my voice was shot so you know, you, you have to get a balance in life. So right now, live streaming every day might, might be a bit excessive. But if you can do three shows a week, live within your means, and do YouTube three times a week, that's a night, you know, which includes writing on, 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 on the camera and teaching and learning new styles. That's a good balance, I think. And I'm, I'm much happier when I'm, when I'm creating and developing as a musician. And I need time and space to do that. So I, I understand... When there's work there, we grab it as a musician. But I think it's very hard to be disciplined enough to also practice as well. I know some people can do it. I've got friends that used to wake up at 7 a.m., play for two hours, you know, new stuff, and then go and gig at night. That's great. I'm not like that. I need right. more, a bit more time to kind of, you know, I'm a bit lazier. But um, you have to, I don't, I don't want to say you have to. I mean, some people might play 30 songs and play them their whole lives and play them very well. Are they a musician? Are they a confident musician? Yes, they're confident of those songs. But can they play jazz? Probably not, because they've never played it. So it's finding that balance, isn't it, with everything in life, and especially music, of what you want to do and what you want to achieve. If you want to be a songwriter, you need to make time to write songs, and you might not get paid for it. If you want to be a YouTuber, you've got to make time to make videos, which is why I found a way to make them easily, so I can quickly make them, and you've got to put time into that. So the problem now as a musician, as, as liberating as the internet is, is that we have to do everything. As you know, we, right. have, to, we have to know how to run a camera. Now. So we have to know how to restring the guitar, play the guitar, play the songs, 
you know, sing the songs, run the pedals, use the pedals. Now we have to know how to do audio editing and, and video editing and about lighting. And, you know, now, now I've got people coming on my channel for interviews like you are. I'm having to like schedule people and make sure their equipment is working. It's an absolute crazy job. You know, it's, it's a, right. it's a, it's, it's a huge thing the, the, it's so easy for the music to become second or even 10th thing. Whereas when we were kids, you know, when I was, well, when I was a kid, all I did was play the guitar. All I did, I played the guitar, I had a four track recorder. I had no responsibilities. I lived with my parents. Everything was great. You know, when I was like 13, I just played guitar and I wrote, I made music. I didn't think about gear or yeah. I just thought about the music. As you get older and you have to pay your bills and, you know, you start to love gear and buying stuff, of course, that can drift away. And, and recently I've decided, I've discovered that it's very important to keep that, if you are a writer and do that kind of thing, it's very important to keep that alive and remember that the reason you started music, you know, if, if that was to curate songs and be in a band, then do that. Keep that, keep that healthy and don't just um, get caught in the one thing but this is all very personal and subjective what i'm saying you know oh, sure. I'm, I'm happier now like i said some people play 30 songs play them every night and they're very happy they're very good at what they do and they are still a musician as much as anyone else right right it's, it's all it's all about what you want from what you expect and want from yourself so i'm looking at your song list here we got sweet caroline by neil diamond <laughs> I, uh, I feel fine by the beatles you know is yeah. there do you find that you have to not have to, but like, do you find you add songs to your list? Like when someone calls out a song, maybe like a, or like a request you're like, Oh, I hadn't thought about playing that song yet. Let me add that to the list. Maybe I'll play it next time. Or, you know, do you yep. just get, yep. do you just Google the lyrics real fast and try to yep. stumble through it? You know, what do you do in that situation of getting requests from patrons? Well, again, I was against doing that. I was against using lyrics and things on a gig, and I, but but now I have my phone because if I get, especially once I move to America, if I you know we get tips, right? So if oh, they sure. request a song, I'll load it up. I've got all these apps now. I mean, again, technology. The phones are incredible now, right? I've got lyric apps, Google Tab thing, all, all these things. So I load up the song. I try and do it. If it works well, I try and remember. I don't remember because again, I'm not the kind of person that would go home write that down, wake up the next day, practice that song if I'm too busy. But the great thing about like the voice side three, I record every show now on this. I've got a huge memory card in there. Oh, I record cool. every show. So if I do think back, oh, there was a good song I did. I can just go back to that and listen and find it. So yeah, again, technology is super helpful, but what's the most helpful really is time, you know, time to sit and try things and just try songs at home. But I do believe in taking requests. And um, it's funny because when I moved to America, I didn't know Sweet Caroline. I didn't know Wagon Wheel. I didn't, I, or, the only country I did was, was Ring of Fire and Country Roads. And now I do, you know, like 30 country songs. Right. So it's also where you live as well and what the people want to hear. And if you play in restaurants, obviously you do a lot of Beatles and James Taylor. But I'm, I'm lucky because I like that. That's the kind of music that I like anyway. So that's a, that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm not seeing a lot of uh like country style songs on this list it's well like, I mean, popular, you know mostly pop. popular country yeah yeah like like um pop I got, and rock people and... are, no i got people are crazy i got uh garth brooks on there yeah. i got several johnny cash songs i mean I, I don't mean like hard i don't mean like the stuff i hear when i go down to nashville like the real oh, i do see some uh zach brown band so that's that, that, that'll, that'll yeah. work yeah 
I'm trying to think. There's more as well, you know. But yeah, I do. I do quite a lot of that now. Well, the Gambler song and what the song we're working on now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like more like popular country, you know. You got me thinking now. I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's a bunch more, but um, <laughs> but they're all popular songs. They're all songs that will get you tips, right? But they're also all songs I like. I can't play a song I don't like. I don't know. I don't know how musicians do that. If you can do that and it's a job, that's great. I'm not going to knock it. But I'm very lucky that the songs. I love the guitar. I love singing. I love looping. I love those songs. I love the venues I play at. I love performing to people. So it all comes together. I also love doing the live streams and the concerts. I've been doing concerts on on YouTube now. So I just started doing that. You yeah. don't get paid. You don't get paid. You get numerous copyright hits every time you do it. Right. You don't lose your you don't lose your page, but you can't. You know, you're not going to make money from those streams. But you can take super chats and get tips, and you can use it to network and meet people. The the the, the thing I want to happen next is I want to see the audience because right now when I go live, I, I can know. have like I can have like flashing lights and a smoke machine and feel like I'm on the stage, but I can't see the person on the screen. I just see their text, right? Typing. I would love it if on my screen, all the people, again, bandwidth would be the problem, but I would love it if everyone came up and actually was like watching me while I play. And maybe I could even turn them off if I want to, you know, I think that's the next step for me. But like you said about bandwidth, we have, we have 500 down. We have like 25 up. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. We we need we need 500 up really we, we we need the upload speed more than download speed, right? But most but most people aren't doing 4K YouTube streams. They don't need that, so we don't get it. But um, if anyone yeah. wants, if you want to do YouTube, my recommendation is you know get the fastest upload speed that you can get, the best stuff you can get because you know video, even 1080p video, takes up a lot of resources, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Well, not to mention the current situation that we're in in society, but I do see some artists on Instagram and Facebook and even YouTube advertise, you know, maybe their gigs have been canceled because of this or that. And now they're selling tickets to like a virtual like yep. online show. It's like, that's yep. well cool. <laughs> this, this is really the catalyst for getting everyone online. Like some stuff was online, but all the musicians I knew were out gigging all the time. Mm-hmm. Now the musicians I knew that I, I wanted to go and see but had no time, they're all online now. I've been watching loads of musicians, and I've been saying to everyone, at this time right now, we're all busier than ever, but we're not getting paid for it unless we can sell tickets or get tips. And, you know, it's hard, isn't it, to ask people. Right. It's one thing in a bar that you're getting paid and they tip you. It's quite kind of hard to go online and be like, you know, you can tip. I don't know. I feel a bit weird about it. Um. But but at least we can still promote and network, and when times are good, maybe you know people will offer us a job, or you know the, the networking thing will pay off, or the channel will grow and money will come in from original projects that we do. You know, right? It's a great, it's a great promotional tool. It can be free. I mean, the internet can be free if you want, and if you do original songs and sell tickets, yeah, I mean, why not? It's not the same, is it? But it's uh, it's better than nothing, right? Yeah, there's something about a digital product. Digital products don't seem to have as much value as like a physical product for some reason. Yeah, because you can't you can't hold it in your hands. And yet, ironically enough, I don't miss CDs. I like having Apple Music and just typing the song and listening. I don't like storing stuff, but people like to feel they've bought something physical. And I think with a gig, it's nice to be well, depending on the venue, it's nice to be in the venue. It's very different to listening at home on a computer. Right, a cell phone. Yeah, because they'll pay twenty dollars for a ticket to go see a band in a bar. Yeah, but paying twenty bucks for like an online 
concert right. they're like 20 bucks i ain't doing that you know <laughs> and yeah they can be good can't they? i mean if, if you if you stream in 1080 if you call out their names and do do a giveaway and and, and give them a song request it can be better than a, than a, than a, than a bar yeah you know, I've, been, I've been watching people lately like andrew lloyd weber in his living room playing his piano i absolutely love it oh that's cool i i wouldn't go and see him in a big concert hall with thousands of people I, it's not my thing but i love watching him you know in that environment and uh, John Bon Jovi just wrote a song. He's like, he did the first verse and then he leaves the vocals off the rest of it and asks us to write the, the lyrics. It's so personal. You, know, you can get cool. so personal through that. And you can cover a lot of ground on the internet as well with a video thing. You can like, you can pop into a Facebook group and go live, demonstrate your thing and then get out again. It's almost like going on a virtual tour. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's powerful. If you use it the right way, and still connect with people on a personal level somehow and still, you know, do real world stuff as well. I think it's just an incredible tool. And like I said, it did a lot of damage to the industry. It also opened up a lot of doors for people as well, didn't it? Right. So I think that's probably the main difference is just creating that experience for the viewer so that way they feel connected. Even though it is a digital product, yeah. like they still feel connected and they're getting that value out of what you're doing yeah i think if you have if you have great picked i mean i didn't know you could stream in 1080 on youtube that's incredible yeah if you if you have a dslr and stream in 1080 with great audio like real microphones and great audio and if you have a great looking backdrop and lighting which isn't hard to do yeah and and if you and if you call you know have someone helping you and call out names and get super chats and take requests it can feel really personal Right. You know, why can't the person sit there, dim their lights, have a glass of wine and watch your concert and request a song from you? It's just a different. Yeah, I guess. You know what? It's funny. It's like the Acoustasonic. It's just different. It's like the <laughs> it's like the head rush. It's not better or worse. It's just different. Right. right. The head rush gives you all those amps, but a real amp gives you the real amp in the room. The Acoustasonic gives you three or six guitars, but a real Martin is a great guitar in its own right. So it's a very special thing. And it's the same with going to a bar or a venue to watch a band or watching them from your computer. They both have pluses and minuses. No, there's nothing that's... I learned that about gear. You know, it's very hard to say one thing is better than something else with anything in life, isn't it? Everything right. has kind of a plus and a minus, and you have to kind of focus on the plus. But it's kind of so, like right now, like what's the best kind of toilet paper? It's like the kind that you any, have. Any, any, anything <laughs> you can get your hands on. Whatever you can get, man. Just whatever you can uh, get. Well, let's go into a, uh, we're kind of shooting from the hip here. This is the first official podcast, uh, that I'm having. So I'm just kind of coming up with different ideas, but let's go ahead and do a, uh, like a lightning round kind of thing. I'm going to ask a question. And you just give me the first thing you can think of off the top of your head. How about that? Okay. All right. So go ahead and this, give me, uh, who's your favorite singer? Elton John. Elton John. Why? Why is he your favorite singer? Well, you know, that I don't like that question because people say to me at my gigs, "What's your play your best song or play your favorite song?" I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I know hundreds of songs. Like, it's so hard to choose one that's my favorite, especially when you play them all the time. Right. But I really, I don't know. Elton John's one of the first singers I liked, and and I listen to his early stuff now. I just it just blows me away. Like like there's no auto tune. I, I like to find those isolated tracks online. I just love the way he sings, yeah. the inflection, no auto tune. I just, I, I'm, I mean, I mean, it's my age again, but I, I love that stuff. I love the real, the realness. Okay. And, and what, what's your favorite, um, 
Once again, this may, be, may not be the best way to format the question, but what's your favorite uh, electric guitar? If you could have one, whether you've owned it before or not, like what's your favorite? Uh, Fender Stratocaster. I've I've tried a lot, but I just and I just felt I just always liked those, and I had several of them. And the one I have now, the Sonic Blue from Sweetwater, they have yeah. their custom shop one. I love that guitar. I just I just struggle with the whole SSS HSS thing. I keep I have SSS, and I think it works for what I play. Mm-hmm. But I always I always then think to myself, oh, I wish I had a humbucker. But it's the same thing. Then you get the humbucker. You wish you had this, the SSS again. So. I've kind of made peace with that, and I just, I just love that. That, that is a really great guitar. Or maybe you I could like, have a stacked humbucker in a single coil yeah, size again, that you could again, like, like never, put the polarity and turn it back. But again, it's cool. never the same. This is, it's not. Yeah. It's never the same. <laughs> and 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 if you don't play metal and you can get by, I do have the Illich system in there. I put that in there. That's awesome. You ever seen that? I think I think you've done a video on that. Yeah. Yeah, I do. It's it's the back plate with the dummy the dummy coil. And it doesn't change the tone. It doesn't add weight. It's it's a little bit pricey, but it's basically gave me my guitar, but with not much noise. So cool. it's, it's, that's a great guitar. And what about acoustic guitars? What's your uh, favorite? Ooh, well, it changes. I had so is many. There, is there, or, or also, is there a certain year that you prefer? Like, do you all like do you like nah. older Martins or? Is it really, no, I've never been into really vintage matter. or relic. I've never. I like shiny new things. I, right. I like shiny shiny new things that sound great. But I always, I guess, one of my main from from trying so many guitars, like the the Martin HD twenty eight, the new the new reimagined version, is mm-hmm. just incredible. Like, as if I could have one acoustic, and that's that's not talking about pickups, but one actual pure acoustic would be that guitar. It's just amazing. It's iconic. It sounds great. It looks great. But I was that that that's as hard as choosing my favorite artist or or song. Because I played so many, and they're all so different, and <laughs> I tried to find, I tried to find the perfect guitar. I tried to get an HD twenty eight, maybe with a cutaway, and put the the best pickup in the world in that. And I, I it's just so hard because some of the best pickups affect the sound acoustically, etc., etc., etc. But yeah, just uh, I was actually th- thinking about this yesterday. But um, if I had to say my favorite Martin guitar and one of the best kind of acoustic guitars in the world, I would I would say the HD twenty eight for sure. Very cool, HD twenty eight. And what's your uh, what's a movie that you like, Aaron? Oh, favorite movie. I like The Wedding Singer. Have yeah. you seen that? Yeah. Because <laughs> again, because I connect with it, you know. Yeah. I connect. I connect with it. But um, that could be you up there with the mullet and you know singing. Yeah. Well, I, I love the whole. I love the eighties thing. I love Adam Sandler. I yeah. love the comedy, and I love the story. I mean, again, it's the same story, right? He's gigging every night, and then he loses his gigs, and he's like. <laughs> but i've never i've never sung that that depressed on the stage though you know can you imagine right like it's not breaking down <laughs> well any uh that's it for the lightning round is there any uh anything's coming up as far as new music like original stuff do you have any plans for that maybe doing well, an ep or an album or what's going on i always on? say i always say it's coming but it's not it's not something i've got to yet i've 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 really been put, I put all my effort into my, my covers show and now, you know, 50, 50, that with the, with the YouTube, mm-hmm. but the more I do YouTube, the more creative I'm getting. Like I have to get, I feel, I feel like doing those cover shows for so long every day kind of took me out of writing music in a way. So the YouTube thing is definitely make me, it makes me feel more like a creator because you are, you're a creator when you're a YouTuber, right? 
Oh yeah. And and even doing the covers and and recording again, and I'm doing a lot of like backing. I got some software to make backing tracks with, and I'm doing those on my site too, like free backing tracks. I'm using I'm banned in the box for them, and you know it's I'm just I feel more creative now. And I did kind of start writing something the other day, but I'm not I'm not able to say to people you know oh I'm I'm writing an album that's coming out on this day. Maybe it's good to do that because it gives you a deadline. But for me, that's the that's the that's the pinnacle for me. Like doing less cover shows, but still some doing the YouTube thing, getting known on YouTube for knowing what I'm talking about, doing some covers on there that are popular, and then the last thing for me is to then do original songs. Yeah, no, that's although really I'm, cool. I think that's 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 a path that I have. Although I don't personally feel like original songs are the be and end all. I think. You know, I also love Elvis Presley. He never wrote a song in his life, right? He's a, he's a, he was a great artist. Why have you, I mean, he sang in tune every time. He had, a, he had his own thing going on. He was a great entertainer. So yeah. I love, I, lo, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not passionate about like, oh, I have to, I'm a songwriter kind of thing, but I do like to write. You know, when I, one of the best things I ever did was make my album, which is on, which is on all the plat- platforms, 10 songs about truth, lies, and other things. Oh, yeah. I made that in a real studio, old school studio with a, you know, all analog in, um, oh, in London. I, I mastered it at Abbey Road. And oh, that cool. was, I'd say that's one of the best musical experiences of my life, like recording my songs with session players in a, in a real, you know, London studio and, and, um, and going to Abbey Road and releasing it. That's probably one of the highlights, musical highlights. So I do want to do more of that. But that's the, that's the, like I said, that's the kind of pinnacle for me. And it'd be great to do that. And then it'd be great to do that, document the process yeah. completely and then release it, wouldn't it? Because again, I didn't, I have pictures of those sessions, but I didn't film them. Wouldn't right. it be great to have all this kind of like the process? And what year them? was that for you? Well, that was 2009. 2009, yeah. Yeah. It's been a while now. Yeah. I've done a, I've done a few things since that are online. Like I did a, like an EP and a single, but I haven't done much in the last few years. I definitely want to do more songwriting i, I re- also really feel i got kind of sucked into like i said playing every night and buying gear and it be- i think i think i became more about the bar gigs and the gear than the other stuff so right now now i'm being forced to do the other stuff i'm hoping that will grow but i don't know i can't i, I don't want to say I'm, yeah i'm gonna write 10 songs by next week i don't oh no you know what i mean I'm, I'm i'm not that kind of writer i kind of write when it hits me you know yeah well, i'm the same way i don't i'm not more of a I'm not much of a lyric writer myself, but I, I like doing music. I'll, that's why I like doing uh, mm. uh, production demos for like other songwriters because mm. I, I yeah. kind of feel like I can take the original scratch idea and then just build it out into like this full production sound, and you know they can go off and pitch that to other artists if they want, or just have it for their own collection or whatever they want. But I'm looking at your photos section of the website here, Aaron. And if this music thing doesn't work out, then you could definitely be a model. How about that? Well, yeah, but those much like <laughs> much like the, thank you, but much like the album, those photos are about ten years old. Now, yeah, so I see that. Yeah, I, this is two thousand eleven. So that's another thing that I need to do. You know, the yeah. time, the time. So here's the thing. Like, it's a good point, and I want to add. You know, if you want to write, if you want to be a songwriter, I believe you have to do it every day. It's mm-hmm. another thing that needs time. You know, I would love to get to a place where I wake up, I write for an hour. You know, I, I, I practice for, an, for two hours. I work on my, rec- my sessions, my recording sessions for an hour. I make a video for two hours. I'd love that. I think we need that schedule. Mm-hmm. And again, you need time for that schedule. So that songwriting thing is something I should add into my day. 
And I should once a week make a video about those sessions on the channel and ask people if they want to collaborate. You know, I don't really care about the copyright thing. If I want to personally, if I want to be, that's a nice thing I could do. I could like write songs with the viewers almost. I could almost go live with some ideas and write with people. I don't know. It's, it's, I like the collaboration thing. I just think you always have to make time for all of this stuff. Like right. anyone can say, I'm going to be a YouTuber. Yeah, but you have to actually do it, don't you? You have to plan it and, and make it part of your day or you just won't do it. Yeah, I mean, I could have easily sat on my butt a few days ago and be like, yeah, I want to do this podcast thing, but yeah, same I'm, I'm going to watch Netflix instead. You know, you have to actually contact the people, schedule it, and just follow through, right? You got to make it happen. Yep. So, yep. well, there's a saying I came up with a few years ago, and uh, I feel like that's another strong or strength that I have is coming with like little sayings to be like, I have a, uh, a saying called confidence is gained through experience. Mm. And if you wouldn't have had all those experiences growing up, you know, in England and doing the, the bar scene and now doing YouTube, you wouldn't be where you are today. And, right. you know, and I feel if I've never, if I never went to MTSU, if I never met the people that I met, you know, whether, whatever you think about college or, or not, it's like, it is an experience that you may not be learning stuff in the actual classes and you may, but some people get, you know, they take experiences from that time of their life and it molds them into the person that they are today. So, um, I definitely am thankful for all the experiences I've had, whether it's MTSU going to college or playing in the band I was in for a long time, Feedback Revival, touring Europe, you know, being in different studios and recording, and even recording here at my own place and and just working with different artists is it all adds up, doesn't it, to that to not even the final destination, but just the journey that we're all on. And we're but what able... do you think about this podcast thing? Because is it kind of full so it, it makes me laugh because we did we got all this video stuff now and we're both doing high high you know hd videos on youtube mm -hmm. and now now you and a lot of other youtubers doing podcasts now i guess you could put this on youtube with with no video you could have it on there and yeah, that's what I, that's what i plan on doing okay okay because yeah, I, I feel like this is another way of making easy videos because the, in, the, in the way that i set up the rig in my room to make it easier yeah the, pod, the podcast is easier because it's just audio you haven't got to worry about you know, dressing up and getting the room ready and getting your video right. You just do the audio, right? And I also think with YouTube, what I do lately is I carry it around and just listen to people as well. Yeah. I, don't always, I don't always watch them. I just listen. So I think it's another thing about technology and music, how we're kind of always going full circle. And then I wonder, well, we'll, we'll you know, what, what, what else will happen with that? Like, I've not heard an electric guitar on a song for a long time, like a solo. Mm -hmm. like, are they going to come back again? I put, I put electric guitar solos in all my songs, so. <laughs> are, they, are they on the radio? <laughs> no, not on the radio. No, and then what, not yet. And then what's a radio anyway? Well, radio's still, still kicking around, isn't it? Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's just, I don't think anything's been replaced. There's just lots more stuff now, isn't there? Just right. Loads of stuff. Well, it's like the 80s song, you know, Video Killed the Radio Star. It's like, well, it yeah. didn't kill it. It just changed it into something else. Yes, yeah. You know, right. and now the the... The Spotify killed the the radio star or the music or the MTV star or actually uh um uh what what killed MTV 
was uh, reality TV. Reality TV killed MTV. <laughs> it killed yeah, the music yeah. video format, and now we just have music videos on YouTube. But the internet is you know. the ultimate reality TV. Some people don't it do is, music. Yeah. Some people don't buy guitars and review them like we do. Some people just talk. Like, well, today I went to the shops and had a haircut, and look at my haircut. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. So uh, that's the ultimate reality TV. And I mean, the great thing is we have we basically have a TV studio in our home, don't we? Right. We can just we can just if you imagine if you're Rick Beardo with a millions millions of subscribers, and you just turn the camera on and you have a, you know five thousand people watching you, and you can just say, hey, you know, check this out. Well, I just it's an amazing platform. Right. And that's just live. Then you know, a week later he's had like a hundred thousand views. It's crazy, but it's great, isn't it? It is pretty cool. Well, thanks, Aaron, for being on the podcast today. Oh, and, thanks for having uh, me. It was fun. It was fun. Just talking about your musical journey there. And we'll do more. We'll do some cross some uh, cross grading between our channels and talking about different stuff, I'm sure, in the in the future. Yeah, I'm gonna have you I'm gonna invite you on my video interview series. I just start I got one today to start those up. So I'm gonna have you on there if you want, and we'll talk cool. about your life and focus on um, the music you, you do music production right so i'd like yeah. to talk about that more as well that's it very interesting well you'll have to you'll have to share your obs settings with me so i can get that set up going yes we'll do myself i just, I just that's something i just figured out yesterday so and we can we can take over the internet <laughs> together how about that we'll try we'll do our best that'd be a nice <laughs> thing wouldn't it sure i wouldn't say no it would be great all right, Aaron, you have a good rest of your day and yep. uh, stay um, stay safe out there. You too. And please subscribe to youtube.com forward slash Aaron Short Music.